You love doing the the view. What just happened? Hold on. This is our whole podcast now. We just talk over this. This is like something you can do to torture people in Guantanamo. You just like make them listen to our podcast intro on loop. These people are crazy. They listen to this music for fun. I don't know. I was going to do like a these Americans thing, but I'm like, I, I, I immediately default to Russian when I do yeah. that. <laughs> these yeah, Americans, you- they want to do, uh, make me listen to. Now I'm it's Borat's uncle. I was going to say, I give it a second and you will be a bad World War II movie Nazi. <laughs> like, we know how these accents go. Present your podcasting papers. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you, like if you needed papers to do a podcast, that'd probably be good for the podcasting industry because there are some people that don't have podcasting papers that have podcasts, like Joe Rogan, us included. <laughs> uh, oh, unfortunately, Joe Rogan is a podcasting Nazi, so I'm not sure if the metaphor holds up. But he's having a podcasting Nazi party for himself. Uh, because did you see that it was like ha- several hundred doctors just signed a petition to get him to stop talking about the pandemic? I will say, I I don't know if he's like in Trump zone where he just realized like every controversial thing I say is making me money, but like he's got to know that he's not helping right now, right? <laughs> like, wait, the former host of Fear Factor was it is not helping. <laughs> I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but like I've listened to my fair share of the Joe Rogan podcast. Like back in the day, it was just like it was just this oddball place to talk about who shot Kennedy and like how cool like dumb drugs Howard are. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was like it was fine. Like I, I've listened and, and honestly, every now and then you'll have a guest on there is like some academic or whatever that's actually like super interesting. But man, like stop talking about COVID. Just stop. <laughs> like I don't know. This has been a weird litmus test of people knowing what they're good at talking about. Like COVID in general. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're going to figure it out, Jeff. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, uh. I think what we're best talking about is you saying you have FIFA and then substitute a year that is lesser than the current year. (laughs) And then me saying you got to get that new FIFA and you going, I don't know. Well, wow, 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 wow. Do we have one of those on the soundboard that I don't get to touch, but you do? We have... Uh, Be proud. We have an air horn. Play with pride. If you are hurted, okay, you are hurted. <laughs> if you have pain, I have pain every day and I, I work every day. This is the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is just like a... <laughs> The reggae air horn. Thank you for playing that. You already that read a, my mind. That was a vuvuzela of a soundboard. If you are hurt, uh, you play with pain. Uh, you play with pain. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> Every day I pull myself out of bed. I don't know how. How can I live this lie? Dude, it would be so great to have Jose Mourinho just reading like famous quotes from other movies. Like... <laughs> Well, uh, Master Bruce, you have to pull yourself up by your fool, by your strap. Uh. <laughs> now I'm in an Italian. I don't, today's not a good accent day. Keith, just wait a second. Nazis again. They're coming, man. I'm telling Let you. Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> well, jo- Jose sometimes, Jose will say like something the way that like a Nazi would say it. He does have some Nazi uh, I, syllables. I did coach Chelsea many times. Yes. <laughs> 
It's funny. It's funny because they're Nazis at Chelsea. They are say, they? They say terrible things to people in the subway if they have the wrong color skin. Are you talking like Timo Werner, or are you saying the fans of Chelsea or the board? I was. Gonna, I. I. I at this point, I'm not ready to exonerate anyone associated with Chelsea, but I can say that there are definitely like particular fans who have been on particular YouTube videos I've seen that have said some just very impolite things. What about is Christian Pulisic a Nazi? He's got a like a full body tattoo of an eagle, so like that's that sounds uh, suspicious to me. I believe that Christian Pulisic single handedly did D Day, so I don't think he can be a Nazi. You know what I mean? I, is that when, wait, is D-Day when Thomas Tuchel makes him play defense? Because that's every week. <laughs> right wing um, back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He liberated France is what I'm saying. Oh, where, 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 where were we? We were, um, do we have an agenda? I have not thought about this, even though we haven't done I an have episode so in a month. Much. I know, okay. No, it's it's the uh, it's it's we're gonna drink from a waterfall today because it's like <laughs> there's so much stuff to talk about. It's gonna be difficult to get it in in a way that actually makes sense. But uh, let's just start can with we, the first thing on my mind. Oh, I was gonna say, okay, can we'll we pause. quickly? Can we quickly <laughs> time <laughs> you're, out? <laughs> you're a generous man. I just I know I'm gonna forget it because I'm a little. You're high. The guy that you're playing with online in the current year's FIFA, and then as soon I as the game starts, it. you pause and you're like, why? Because <laughs> I want to <laughs> see if maybe I want to make a first minute substitution. Um, but I just want to say, if you, if anyone listening was listening when we did our Romain Molina uh, 10,000 horror story episode about all of the the sexual misconduct in all the many different soccer federations, uh, two specific bombs on that list have since dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. One being that the the acknowledgement from, I think, some female referees that if you want to be a female match official it's it's pretty much implicit that you will have to be having sex with someone like that's how big the barrier is that you're having to go through like harvey weinstein types in order to become a referee you're not it's not even like to become a marta and make millions uh, at the top of the women's game it's to be a referee the soccer equivalent of the school bus driver or the cafeteria attendant it's it is it, it you I think you've hit the nail on the head so much where it's like like it's one thing like even Harvey Weinstein theoretically was like offering people Scarlett like Johansson levels of right you know it's like there's like a certain deal with the devil aspect of it where like you might actually make a deal with the actual devil not even just Harvey Weinstein to be a movie His star boss. right yeah exactly Harvey Weinstein superior at Weinstein <laughs> and Company or whatever that film company is called but. Like to be a soccer referee, it's like, like that's like selling your soul to become a bus driver. So you know, it's like, oh, do you want to be shit on every day of your life? <laughs> no, not not for real, like we do, mm-hmm. metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be a public accountant or not? <laughs> do you want to be a certified public accountant? There's ways. If you pass the certified public accountants exam, we should really come up with something snappier like bar. The lawyers have that down pat. Oh, I mean, I just I had something I wanted to go. I, I'm, I'm trying to do a better job, Jeff, of, of immediately succumbing to my lesser instincts on this podcast. <laughs> so I can thank you. I can thank you for being a good influence on me. I was going to make a you, bar joke, but we don't need to. 
We you, don't need it. You want to succumb to your worst instincts quicker? Is that what you're saying? No, I want to. I want to avoid them sometimes, if not all oh, the time. Because oh, you said you wanted to succumb to them, and I was thinking, you. Yeah, I do. You're I always do. succumbing to your worst instincts. You're, you have terrible instincts, and in you. And I, I, all right, enough. Enough. Just we, kidding. We, I'm just kidding. We, we, we did me already, <laughs> and I like talking to you. Aw. Hmm. And I like talking about uh, happier topics, but the other thing that was. Part B of the first point of Romain Molina. The other one yeah. was, fuck, and lo- I don't want to quote the wrong country. I thought it was Ghana. Was it Ghana, Romain? Are you, ta- are you, are you talking about the, the 89th minute shenanigans that happened the other day? No, no. The oh, story oh, no. About- You're talking about Gabon, where Pierre oh, Emerick Aubameyang yeah. plays. Yeah, 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 sorry. Thanks, thanks for correcting. I, I didn't want to launch into that before I got the country right, uh, as you often would want in a journalistic... <laughs> situations such as our podcast but yeah it, uh, do you remember the story or should i quote a headline it was like the i mean if you have the quote in front of you you can't i mean i believe the i believe the, yeah. the paraphrasing of it Patrick, was if you want to play for the gabonese national team which admittedly is only like half a step up from being a football referee then you gotta treat me like harvey weinstein i believe is like sort of the that's the it, subtext of the quote this guy patrick Osumu, and I might be mispronouncing that. E I A E. It's E Y I. I do not know how no. to pronounce those three letters in succession. In succession, but um, leading football coach in Gabon, which I think he had coached uh, the U seventeen national team. Uh, he's accused mm. of raping boys. Basically, it's like all of these young boys who are teenagers, you know, who are not playing professionally at that age because where is their professionally to play, but they're promising amateurs. Right. Uh, basically, this guy's a gatekeeper. If you play for the national team, that gives you at least a showcase to where you could get out of this and you could get out of whatever the, your shitty situation is at home. You can go to like a another African nation that has professional leagues or even at the top of it, you can go to eventually play for Arsenal. Sure. Uh, like, like that's that's sort of the promise, and all these young boys are having to think. Well, this is not only my chance to get out of here. This is my family's chance to like eat and to like yeah. and be able to survive. And a lot of young boys basically, you know, uh, capitulated to that. I think what you're saying Uh, is a lot of young boys were victimized by someone in a power role when they were in a very young, vulnerable time in their lives. Well, it's because because uh, soccer hasn't hasn't historically had that sort of light shined on it. Like if you were sending, you know, an altar boy to to work at your local Catholic church at this point, there's at least some hesitation of wanting to know who's supervising. But in this case, it's like parents are sending their kids to like monsters who are uh, are they're taking these positions because they want to be in these positions it's not yeah. like some guy who loves soccer you know became a pedophile it's like pedophiles are seeking out any sort of role like this where like young children are unsupervised and in sort of a weird power dynamic with them that that is exactly it is like and i don't know i mean you probably follow this slightly less because you have less kids than i do but I have the I, optimal amount of kids. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, like, yeah, you, you are doing your part to save the planet. I am creating two more Lunchables worth of unrecyclable <laughs> plastic per day. Like, um, but 
I thought anyway. you were going to call your kids two Lunchables. I've created two more <laughs> Lunchables. And I was like, harsh, harsh. Yeah. No, they're much better than Lunchables. And even Lunchables, I think, are pretty good. They're like but, um, pizza Lunchables. <laughs> pizza Lunchables, simultaneously the best Lunchable and the worst food idea. Of like, Do you want an uncooked pizza that you have to make yourself? With some the cold cr- tomato sauce yeah. and some cold... The crust is bad. It's the stuff the Civil War people used to eat like around the campfire with bacon and beans. Like, If you try to cook it in the microwave, <laughs> it becomes a hockey puck. And also, I remember <laughs> have tried, you? they would include like a cinnamon, uh, like a cinnamon, like icing packet and be like, two of those can be pizza and one of them can be dessert. <laughs> oh, which is that is so funny because also every bad pizza restaurant tries to do that where they're like, yeah. do you like pizza? Do you like <laughs> Nutella? Do you want a whole pizza that's just full of Nutella? And everybody's like, not really, bro. <laughs> it works for Domino's, though, with the, the, the cinnamon sugar bread, which is made out of the same basic pizza dough. You but- like that shit? Yeah, man, I know it's like the easy and direct path to diabetes, but I, I'm always like, <laughs> A, thi- a, a thin pepperoni crust, meat like a medium. Like I don't want a big pizza. Like yeah. I want enough that I can house this thing by myself. And then one of those Parmesan or not Parmesan, because um, those are gross. The the cinnamon sugar, like bread so twist. You, so you don't like the cheesy bread, if I'm reading that correctly? Because that's a redundancy with the pizza. Right? Because it's like, oh, would you like some pizza that just isn't as good as pizza, and then some pizza like? It was either Pizza Hut or Little Caesars that started doing a full pizza where half of the pizza is pizza and the other half is cheesy bread. So I'm like, so you're charging me more money to yeah. offer me minus the sauce on exactly. half of it? Somebody's like, guys, we could be saving five cents worth of sauce per pizza. All we had to do is make a billion dollar commercial. Put it on every football game in America. This is easy business, guys. I have three MBAs. Promote this guy. Uh, <laughs> that oh, guy? Joe Biden. <laughs> that guy, Elvis Costello. Yeah. Very respected musician. He's like, I'm going to take a break from music. I can't do Elvis <laughs> Costello's voice. What am I trying? If you had stuck with that more confidently, I just would have believed that was Elvis Costello's voice. Because like, like I know Ringo. what he sounds like when he's singing, but yeah, I'm he pretty sure like he doesn't Ringo. have a Scouse accent. <laughs> he's like, my name is uh, Elvis Costello. Present your papers. Present your new sock papers. Are doing a Nazi voice on purpose? <laughs> show me your podcast. <laughs> if you show me yours. It's audio, sir. You have to listen to it. No. I'm sorry, I'll show you it to you. So, uh, when I do podcast, it switches my uh, Vs and double Vs? <laughs> hmm. Well, so, so I think we've covered the ro- main uh, Molina thing. It's sad. I'm sorry we just went into like no, a 10 minute no, no, no. joke. No, we, I was going to say, we, we started on like a very serious and sad subject, and then we made at least 10 minutes of. I'd say B minus jokes. Those are like our B minus jokes. About Nazis, yeah. yeah like yeah. we we did we did work back to the source material, but but we're we we mix business and pleasure in all the worst ways, and unfortunately, <laughs> that's that's also the topic we're talking about. Um, yeah. But I no, that's it's not business and pleasure in this case. It's uh, child rape, sexual assault, sexual coercion, and yeah. like the and it's and it's not even just the isolated acts it's that we need to like be looking at stories like this a correct them immediately but then start um 
scrutinizing people who want to do these roles. Like, why do you want to coach a bunch of kids so much? You don't have kids. Like, what? what's your motivation? We, I don't think we've been asking those questions. We've just been happy someone's doing the job. No, totally. Speaking of kids, to my kid, you can fill your own water glass. I know you know how to do it. Good night. I love you. Does she want to guest? Does she want to? Does she want to say something to the, about her favorite soccer team? Or door closes. <laughs> yeah, she loves Arsenal. You um, know, I, th- I think we're established enough, Jeff. The next time that happens, just invite her on the air for a minute. No, dude, it's like an hour past her bedtime. She really <laughs> needs to go to bed. <laughs> um, no, I. So, I, getting back to the serious point that you made, that I think is real, it's like. No matter, like, pick a thing that you think is good for children to do, whether that's singing in a choir, whether that's attending religious services, whether that is playing sports, God help you, whether that's going to scouts. I mean, I was a scout. I was a Boy Scout and mm-hmm. never got molested. Um, banged a few scout masters. No, stealing a joke there. That was, uh, just kidding. But um, was it a Bill Burr. You went. No, you went full Bill that Burr. Was a, that was a Neil Brennan. That was a. Oh, uh, how does Neil feel? Yeah, he's uh, in real. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you know, but it's like it's one of those things where for me, and I think you know, it's like all these after school kind of programs. Like for probably ninety percent of the kids that do them, they're like great things, amazing. But then there's like this terrible lottery ticket waiting there, where it's like you could just get abuse in a way that is difficult to recover from in one lifetime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that is so profoundly sad. And then now as a parent, it's so profoundly scary because it's like the people that do that, like this guy that is, has come to light in the papers recently on the Gabonese national team. I bet you he is so charismatic. I bet you that when you meet him, there's just something about him that is probably very cultivated by him where you just feel at ease trusting him with the most important people in your life. You know what I mean? Like this is that is not a position that is easy to get. You know what I mean? To be in charge of a football association or to be entrusted with the under 17 team or any of that. And yet he was clearly the wrong guy for that job. And he's going to hopefully if there's any God, he will rot in hell. You know what I mean? And it, it, it that kind of thing just keeps me up at night because I think every organization that has anything to do with children you don't you really don't have to dig that deep before you find something terrible and sad and depressing and you know which in turn which in turn creates confused young people that grow up and i'm not going to say that you know out of hand that causes more abuse but there's a reason that they call it a cycle of abuse totally is that abuse doesn't typically happen in a vacuum it's typically some sort of like negative momentum from someone else and and you are projecting it onto another because it happened to you so it's kind of normal not i don't want to say normal to you but like not hor- yeah. not horrific you're not look i mean i don't n- neither of us is chi- a child psychologist or or a grief counselor or anyone that has a fantastic grasp on this issue to be we started a soccer podcast we definitely <laughs> didn't set out to start a social justice podcast it just sort of yeah. keeps we were, we were that. hoping that soccer would like you know molest less people like <laughs> uh, we but, but was really out. hoping that we're finding a lot of this out you and i like at, at, at between episodes eight and ten so like there's there's definitely 
there, I guess we knew there was a dark underbelly from the yeah. bribery, but I guess we hoped that it was just naively. We hoped that it was just financial dark underbelly and not. Yeah. But how many thousands of people are dead in Qatar for stadiums? Like that yeah. that that financial uh, dark underbelly has a, a real cost in human life. Oh, by the way, Jeff, you you if we're hypothesizing about how this guy is like suave and how he got away with this, he would flagrantly call his home the Garden of Eden. Yeah. That's already telling you all that you need to know. Like it just he sounds he would... like there'd be a lot of snakes and just like other disgusting you know, things. You there. know the one like Roman or Greek robot in Futurama that's like permanently <laughs> on a chase lounge and is permanently eating grapes and it's like, oh bring me bring me a book. <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered it until you did the voice, but yes, I, I remember that very clearly now. It wasn't that even great. Then your human voices that you do. Those would have been Nazi voices in like three seconds. You remember when the robot was like, bring me your papers? Um, <laughs> so, so basically, I'm imagining he's like that. Like he's just someone who's being fed upon by like a stable of like young male uh, Gabonese soccer players and that they're sort of feeling like they're in a hostage situation because if they disagree with him, if they do yeah. anything, they're out of the national team picture and then their family starves to death. And that's a broad generalization, but that's clearly like part of why these kids were putting yeah. up with it and not telling people. And like, cause they were trying to just, you know, yeah. make good things happen for their family. And this man, and, and good thing, by the way, good thing to cut you for a second. Good thing that we make 17 year old kids pick which national team they're going to play on forever. You know what I mean? Like you get one chance to make that switch. Whereas like a lot of the kids that actually could play for a national team, they're eligible, you know, they're like Gideon Zalem where they're eligible for like five countries. And then we just make them, you know, now it's like, well, sorry, you chose the, uh, you chose the Harvey Weinstein Federation. So you just have to deal with that for the rest of your life. It's like, oh, you went to senior prom with Mary. You're married to her now. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> it's the same timeline to make a, a big decision. But this is the same world that makes kids choose their religion at like what age seven, or technically at birth, like shortly after birth. Yeah, you're getting mm. dunked in something if you're in this Christian nation. Holy water! Uh, all right, so the, I derailed all the stuff you wanted to talk about. I just felt like I didn't want to forget about that because that had happened since our last episode, and it conf- yeah. and, and and I mean, well, these I mean we could go with that. I was gonna say like we've started with the most important and depressing story and we can work our way towards the fun stuff slowly i think because i think the next one from there is sort of you know you've already alluded to this a little bit but like if you're just going to talk about sort of boilerplate everyday corruption how about ending a match how about i mean i've heard of fergie time but negative fergie time that's pretty intense you know what, what i'm you, referring what you, to what are you right? talking about no so I believe it was, I know it was Mali, and I believe it was Mali in Tunisia. Not Mali the drug, but Mali the country. Is this um, during the African Cup of Nations, or is this a friendly? It is, the exact thing. I, I'm not sure. I believe, it. I guess it would be like a group stage game. I refuse to know things about the African <laughs> Cup of Nations. <laughs> but Oh, fuck, um, that would have been such a great episode title, uh, except <laughs> I, I already chose Start Your Morning with a Warm Cup of Nations. Oh, the best part oh, of waking, waking up, up is realizing you're empowering some abusers. Some abusers. <laughs> that was great. Yes. 
Glad we, just, we rehearsed. We Fred, we Fred Armisen it. Yes, I was going to say, we got matching vests on. You can't see this. It's a podcast, but. Um, oh, I'm Kristen Wiig. I get it. <laughs> I wasn't saying that, but, you know, if you felt that, then maybe you are. <laughs> okay, um, so so what happened in the match? It was called early? So, right. Like, we've all seen those matches, especially when we're watching our team play against Skyler's team. Where, you know, you're like, is this going on a minute longer than it needed to? Like, come on, cut it off. Like, I think we've won, or I think we get the one point for tying, or whatever it is. If you're a Knighted fan, 90 minutes already feels like plenty. (laughs) You're like, this has felt like eight hours of match that we're losing. This is the karma for Fergie time. You have to watch (laughs) the last five seasons, every minute of it. Um, Anyway, like, in the 89th minute, the referee blows the whistle. And the other officials say, uh, dude, it's like the 89th minute. So then he they let the game keep rolling and they pretend it's an inter- inadvertent whistle. And then still during the 89th minute, he looks at his watch and says, yeah, fuck it, it's over. And he ends it with like 89 minutes and 40 seconds on the clock. And of course, like the sideline erupts because they're, what are you thinking? Like, you can't end the match early. You know, but, if he had done but it- I'm going to miss Frasier. Frasier is, is currently <laughs> on the air and I want to watch it. Popular National Socialist television show, Frasier. <laughs> um, I just his his, dog his, his, is really lovable. And and Roz, what I what a how you say firecracker? Is that how you say in your? <laughs> uh, I like I like his 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 fascist police officer father, who reminds him of Fatherland uh, principal. And I love the man who does the voice of uh, Sideshow Robert. He's my favorite character. <laughs> Uh, yes, Kelsey Grimm. Um, as we were saying, what were we saying? So yeah, no, I think that's another one where it's like, I, the, I believe the uh, inscrutable joke that I sent you the other day when I sent you this link that you just pretended that you didn't read or maybe you didn't read it, I don't know. But it's like, we're ruining a month of actual football. A right. Premier League season, a Bundesliga season. I mean, God, the French League must be decimated. You know what I mean? There's like there's certain mm-hmm. leagues that are just are very well connected to Africa in terms of their recruiting. Sure. And we're ruining a month of that, a month of that for this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like imagine in America, imagine the heads that would roll if you ended a game a minute early in a high school league somewhere in New Jersey. You know what I mean? Imagine like, the pe- the people who would actually die if that happened in high school football in Texas. Yeah, like just every Murder. all the people that were watching the game through a scope would load. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> wow, Jeff, you are quite funny today. Uh, clearly, <laughs> you've been leaving Austria for bits of time. Not quite. I am going on a trip this week, though. Ooh, do you want to? Do you want to just segue to my personal life? Nobody cares, so we can just talk about whatever we want. Mm, and I can okay. t- I can talk like that for as long as I'd like to. Actually, that is like strangely going to play in my dreams tonight, though, because so tomorrow I'm getting on a train in Austria and going to a place called Bad Gastein in the mountains. And my it'll be just my oldest daughter, Ava, and I we're going on a ski trip and it's just the two of us. Well, it's just the two of us and some other friends, but like no mom, no sister. So it's the first time we've done a trip like that. So it'll be really cool. Can you say um, the name again? Because it sounds like a giant castle where Jewish bread is made. Right. So when I say it, it sounds like that. When the locals say it, it sounds like Pakistan because it's bad. Oh, you're going, you're going to Pakistan. Okay. 
Badgestein. <laughs> but they say, but so, and it's also, it's interestingly, so I'm sure you've seen the Wes Anderson film Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, is that is that where that takes place? Or roughly? Kind of. So, like, in the movie, it's like a fictitious country, you know, and like, it's like fictitious Nazis with much better accents than we've been doing. And like, they I have guess, the like, genes. Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, it's like, like, I mean, this. they're kind of suggesting, like, just into Eastern Europe. But it, it apparently the town in it and like the hotel is inspired by a few different like weird sleepy towns in the mountains of Austria. And I've actually been to this place one other time where it, the place was founded because they found radon in the water and they're like, good, let's start a town here. And so they had this radioactive water that you could like take a bath in and like it would cure you of all your diseases. Or you so get cancer immediately. Right. So like it was a very popular like spa village in the 50s. And then there's all these like beautiful old hotels there, maybe even like earlier than that. And then like, I don't know, over time they became now they're all like weirdly condemned. But there's like still a few really cool like boutique ones. But um, like when you walk around, it's just skeletons of these like old hundred year old buildings. It's really neat. Um, but yeah, they still have the, they still have the radon best, still have all the crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to get on a train tomorrow with enough COVID paperwork to allow me and my daughter to go somewhere unmolested. And I'm really worried that I'm going to end up in like some kind of Austrian prison because I will be missing my form J three seven or whatever. You didn't present your papers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one thing. They do ask it a lot too, and they have like no. I'm like, have you seen like, have you seen Hogan's Heroes? Have you seen the Dirty Dozen? Like, I was in literally the other day. I was getting my haircut in the barber's chair, and like a cop tapped me on the shoulder, and I thought it was my like barberess, uh, you know, barber. That's a woman. Anyway, I turn around expecting Julie, and it's just this giant Austrian cop. It was, and he literally said like, "Do you have your papers?" And I, it was like, it's weird that your accent is so not Austrian, actually. In hey, I'm, I'm the Pulitzer, man. Okay? Hey. All right? <laughs> I'm like a Ted Lasso of police. I don't get my own show, but my plucky Americanness always solves the case. By the end hey, of the man. Episode. Stop oppressing those protesters. They've got riots. <laughs> like, he just, like, warms everyone's heart in the village. Yeah. Just to butter them up. I don't know. <laughs> So they do, they ask for papers a lot, and I'm not sure that I have this right ones. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. But I feel like if you're typically, like, if you project apologetic American, I feel like you can get away with it versus if you're just, like, oh. American. Like, you just, you're I'm thinking so I should sorry. go apologetic American? I'm so sorry. I'm so stupid. Do I? I don't even know if I have whatever. I'm human dumpster fire. Mm. Like, you are a smart, good, kind, neighborly person. Will you please tell me? Like, I think if you do that with both. I don't know anyone sitting near you at the train platform or the first like train conductory type person. They'll they'll probably take an extra thirty seconds and tell you what you need. Uh, assuming, yeah. are you comfortable doing that in German? Mm, comfortable is a strong word, but it could be done in German. My, My so it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I was actually thinking the opposite because there's like a box you can check when you book tickets. Like if your if your train is leaving after like four o'clock. It's like the champagne box. So I just figured like any question that someone has to ask you, if you're holding a flute of champagne, it feels like you already have the upper hand. You know what I mean? 
It's like flying during COVID. If you order enough cocktails in a row, you don't have to wear a mask, apparently. Totally. Like, uh, excuse me, officer. I don't believe I do need to wear an uh, N95 mask. I believe (laughs) I just need to continue getting drunk. Uh, It says it right here in the fine print. Traveling while American, it says. (laughs) No. Um, I love, do you ever travel by train? You live in LA. You don't travel by anything. Yeah, if I haven't traveled by at all. (laughs) Traveling by train is lovely. You, you get out and you're already there. Whereas when you get to an airport, it's like it's like you just have popped up in a stadium to a game you didn't want to attend. And now you have to somehow get home and beat the traffic like trains are great. I love trains. The the podcast has gone from Grand Budapest Hotel to Darjeeling Limited. Uh, we will finish up with Royal Tenenbaums and Life Aquatic. Yeah. Up next on uh, Meet the Soccers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, has Arsenal won any matches? Played any matches? Done anything? What's going on with Arsenal? Well, all right. So now we're getting into the part that was like vaguely. So this part has like a dark twinge to it, but it's vaguely inspirational. It's like, like a dark forest, you could say. Arsenal were like a good soccer team for almost the exact month that we didn't do podcasting. So am I jinxing Arsenal? Well, we're not jinxing United, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait. Um, when you say you're not jinxing United, like, what is the temperature of a U- typical United fan, or at least just? You? I think Arsenal right now is getting like a 73 on their test, and we're getting like a 68 on our test. That's that's kind of the what I would my from my. I've been watching a lot more of your matches since we've started doing this podcast. Uh, you're like, and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but but basically, um, I I wanted to get to the Nottingham Forest match because it I have I have questions for you based on form. Like yeah. Arsenal form for me is more confusing than United form because it feels like good 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 blip good 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 blip is your form, whereas ours is just free fall. Like ours is just yeah. total random chaos. The fact that we don't know what will happen is almost like its own form of certainty. We're right. like United aren't playing well. Who's shocked? But we're like with Arsenal, it's more like you guys have been so functional since switching to playing more youth, since committing to playing right. basically everyone who's not Aubameyang. And I don't think we've done a podcast since Aubameyang has been, you know, Audi. Obama. Uh, Yang got impeached. Obama uh, Yang. Oh, good, 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 Obama Yang is what we should call him. Thanks, Obama Yang. Um, <laughs> thanks for the memories. I mean, I, I, I would like to talk about him at some point too. But I mean, to go back though, it's like it's almost like having every member of your midfield leave at the same time to go compete in a tournament that has oh. the, you know. The ethical, moral standards of, say, a Pinewood Derby race at your local Cub Scout troop. Um, it's almost like that is not a positive thing for this football team. You know what they say when you show up to the Pinewood Derby race? <laughs> Drop your pants, kid. Present your papers, please. We <laughs> want to. S- Are you registered to be performing in this Pinewood Derby race? By the way, <laughs> former Pinewood Derby champion. Really? First place. Yep. Me and my dad, we fucking perfected that shit. And if anybody wants to win their Pinewood Derby, I will give you 
like the 1997 best practices for doing so because I know how to win a 1997 Pinewood Derby. We lost. Me and my dad, we just fucking lost. More, we're yeah. more like former Pine Sol purchaser. <laughs> you were in the Pine Sol Derby. You were yeah, just we're... <laughs> gonna be. You were gonna become a janitor because of how bad you did in the Pinewood Derby. I think it's, it's that you're good with cars. I'm good with cleaning. It's kind of like that's my Goodwill Hunting sort of. Uh... <laughs> you're in the Goodwill Hunting where they're like. Oh man, I guess we'll just leave this really messy floor here. Only an absolute pro could clean this up. I'm a math then, genius at MIT. Yeah, say, you were you were actually there, like solving E equals MC squared. Not that that needs to be solved, but you were doing something very fancy on the chalkboard. And he said, "Oh, what is what is this I see over here? Is this a very fancy mess that needs to be cleaned up?" So there's a, there's a stain on this floor that only I can solve. <laughs> How have we not made this a movie? Yeah. Bad, bad just, will. No, hunting. just call it like hunting for goodwill or something. Like just don't even do a good job of the title. We would actually like in a weird way. I'm sure one of us could dye their hair, Matt Damon blonde. And like we could continue. We could be the literal poor man's uh, Ben and Matt. You and I are at a bar talking to each other, and we're both just going back and forth like, who's Vickers? And you're like, I don't know who Vickers is. And you're like, do you know who Vickers is? I don't know who Vickers is. And someone's like, hey, who wants an apple? And I'm like, ah, I'm fine. <laughs> and then instead of Robin Williams, we just get his uh, esteemed comedic colleague, Bobcat Goldwaith. He's like, he's like my therapist. <laughs> he's like, wow, all guys are... <laughs> what love really is when your wife farts and stuff and then i'm sitting there like not in love with mini driver but i become in love with maximum passenger uh (laughs) who i think will be played by anthony anthony marcial maximum passenger that he is between obama yang and anthony marcial we have maximum passenger between us (laughs) Obama Yang is doing a pretty good maximum passenger where you just take a month <laughs> off and everything gets better. Ewing theory. There's a little part of me that still thinks like it's like the other day I saw a highlight of Alexi Sanchez. Do you do you follow him at all now? He scored a game winner against Juventus yesterday. Exactly. In the exactly. Holy shit. And it was and like I'm when just... you did it, it's like you just look at him and you're like, oh, yeah, you are kind of good at football. huh? Like, but you forget that. I am just the right amount of high for this podcast, and you are just the right <laughs> amount of funny right now. This is good. this wow. is working really well for me. This might be my favorite of our podcast so far. Well, excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Um, what yeah. we were talking, we weren't talking about Alexis Sanchez. We were talking about State of the Union for Arsenal, which I think yeah. has been like there was there was a peak a few weeks ago, like you were saying before the midfield uh, pieced out. Where weirdly the peak was a loss. It was, the peak was Man City, where it was like, oh, we just went toe to toe with one of the best teams on the planet has ever. You know what I mean? Like best teams on the planet right now, but also like maybe one of the best teams the last 20, 30 years, which would put them high in the running for best team to ever grace a field, you know? Like, and we're not that good yet. But we're in the even just to be in the stadium with them. I thought you we were gonna play lose the same five. game. You can play the same game. I think that's what's interesting. Like, it you won't beat City, but you're playing the same sport they are, whereas we're playing, like, team handball. Uh, <laughs> or when Aaron Wabasaka's on the field, just soccer with handballs. Um, <laughs> Hi-yo. 
Yeah. Meow, 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 meow. Can you do that sound effect again? Yes. Be proud. Play with pride. If you are hurt, it okay. You are hurt. It. If you have pain, I have pain every day, and I. This I does remind me of the. Uh, did you see the Kierkegaard or Wenger website where they had just like a bunch of really depressing quotes about life, and you had to choose whether Arsene Wenger or um, what's his first name? Something Kierkegaard. You know the philosopher, right? I thought it was just. I just call him Kierkegaard. Soren. Yeah, I'm. I'm not on a first name basis with it's Mr. Soren. It's Soren, like the popular Disney attraction. Soren. It's just Sor I N apostrophe. That's his You're name. Just Soren through the Kierkegaard. He loves to paraglide. <laughs> that guy is full of joy. That Kierkegaard. What is paragliding? <laughs> but a subtle attempt. To um. Everyone. Weird that I have to do this, but back to Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> what is it's like I'm changing the subject or something. <laughs> but but it, it feels like you if your team is is all of the the interested parties are present, you guys are getting closer to an eight out of ten side, which is which is good on form at least. Yeah. Um, whereas I think at our best, we're a top four side, but we just haven't. We spent a month of the season with COVID. Now we're spending a month of the season with AFCON, which is even worse than COVID. And I don't, I don't know if we can recover from taking two months of no midfield. You know what I mean? We played right. a four-zero-four the other night. That's not how you win, even against Nottingham Forest. Well, I mean, so Nottingham Forest—it's kind of—I I see all of these matches sort of a little bit like if I can switch to like a beautiful mind from uh, Goodwill Hunting. Like I kind of see all the numbers floating in the air where like I see that United has no fucking midfield and worse furthermore they need a defensive midfielder at least. Mm-hmm. James Garner starred as a defensive midfielder in beating Arsenal for Nottingham Forest. He he's on loan uh there for a second season in a row and he has grown leaps and bounds and is like kind of exactly what we need right now even if very under seasoned from like a skill set performance he's like so much better with the ball like passing the ball keeping the ball like interception he is he's he is young ass carrick that is exactly what he is he's not he's not throwing like you know roy Keane challenges in but he's positioned way more intelligently and that would be a huge upgrade for us uh like if, if we were dropping mctominay for garner like all of a sudden jeff i think that like that would solve like a third of our problems and so i see him bossing the midfield against you guys and i'm thinking well arsenal has become an eight out of ten side and he's mm. and he's performing at least he's coping physically in the championship, which is physically very tough, and it's it's a more physical league in some ways than the Premier League because there's not as much of a finesse. Just technical imagine how presence. much shit the referee the, sh- the referees must be so bad in the championship. Like imagine to be a step lower than what we watch every week. To imagine imagine being in a, a USL referee. <laughs> Seriously, you're probably a pedophile if we're being real. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably that bad. Oh my gosh, it's like a Jeff Foxworthy routine where if you love helping youths do something, you're probably a pedophile. It's so true though. Like you might be a pedophile. Like it, it really, 
It's kind of true. It's really unfortunate. I don't I don't want to extend this to teachers, but we know it is the teachers are not exempt from this just from history. Yeah. Normally male teachers. Although once in a while a female teacher. I was going to say like whenever there's a female one, she always ends up with her mugshot in the New York Post. And they always choose like the cutest mugshot where you're like, "Who is she?" And the Reddit comments for the digital version are just like a nested thread of nice, 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 <laughs> yeah, nice. Just a bunch nice, of guys. Nice. Giggity. I'd hit it. Giggity, nice. giggity, giggity. Like, yeah. They don't really care if in the article it's like, the young boy wasn't like, you know, mature enough to make a consensual choice. So, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Fuck, uh, how do we I'm get 35 to this? and I've never kissed a woman. So giggity, giggity, giggity. We went, uh... Sexual assault and corruption managed to make our way to Arsenal and somehow shoots and ladders back down to sexual assault from yeah. from Arsenal's uh, lost to Nottingham Forest. We all right to make the even the playing field. United lost in the Premier League, which I care about more uh, to Wolves, and mm. there were some players on the field. Although Wolves is like a pretty good team. They're pretty good, but we should be beating them if we're if our ambition is to remain in the Champions League the same way that it's your admission am, ambition to get there <laughs> to like, ever get back. No, but you 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 have uh, quite a case for your your team at this point in time. We should be beating Wolves. The one positive in a sea of negatives mm. was the return to the field of one Philip Jones. Phil Jones starting at center back against Wolves was. I almost didn't care about the result because when we talked about him on like episode sure. th- three or four about how, you know, he Mr. Testimonial and how the, the negativity on social media was like painful for him and especially yeah. his family to witness. This was for Phil. He played really well. He played better than Harry Maguire has since the Euros and I'm like, if he could stay healthy, I would want to see more of Phil Jones. Yeah. And that was, to me, that was a positive story to take away from this year. And that's yeah. crazy. I mean, is it is it too much to ask to have both Phil Jones and Jack Wheelchair, I mean, Jack Wilshire, have a redemption arc this season? Like, Jack Wilshire's already, you, you've seen how he's practicing with Arsenal day to day now. Like trying but he, to get. But he's not signed to a professional contract for them. Right. He? He's not. He's not. Like Arsenal just says, I guess because of their central location in London, like Beckham for a long time when he was like kind of out of club football would like come practice with Arsenal. And like we're just a place that like if you're an Arsenal legend or apparently in Beckham's case, like a giant Arsenal enemy for years and years, you're just well, allowed to his, come hang out. He had one well, of his, his son also was in our yeah. academy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's almost he's, like, weirdly because he's from London too. So like it would have made more sense if he had been an Arsenal Academy player, but like his family were Man U supporters. But he wasn't, he wasn't though. So we can't revise history. Yeah, but that's okay. Cause he, it's not like he could, it's not like he was a good midfielder or could tackle. He just like, what? <laughs> uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. At his I really don't think he was very good Consider like the ratio of how good his name is in football to how good he actually was as like a person on your team, I think was the I feel like all time. The Beckham ratio there was just insane. There's a little MLS bias coming out of you from knowing him more from his time in MLS since since he started uh, watching. At his I didn't peak, really watch MLS. I feel like I know him from England, you know. But at his peak 
Jeff, he was everything except pure pace. But like, even when he was, when he was, was there ever a time that he had athleticism to offer? Yeah, like I, I would his twenties. Huh. Like he, he, he. That's what I'm saying. You don't remember him like beating people with speed because that he never really had that. But everything else was like technically excellent. I mean, and I get that he's like rate, just in terms of hitting the ball. But his work plate, rate, he's so, one of the so, best ever at that. He, like he was really of, good. He was a big worker too. He'd be one of the three or four hardest workers on this current United team, and wow. that, but that's but that's because that's that's our own private uh, nightmare right now. Is that everybody's chilling? All of the the news stories because we've had a, a mixed run of form. Even the games we've won have been like ugly, bad, turnover laden wins. Uh, but the. Mm. All of the newspapers are getting briefed by, I guess, a couple of dissatisfied players that are not happy with anything. Uh, they're, they're, you can imagine it's you know Dean Henderson, who mm-hmm. thought he was going to be starting, but De Gea returned to like peak De Gea this year, which is crazy. He's leading the league in goals above saved, like goals above average saved. Wow. And it's not even close. Wow. Um, and then, like, I Donnie didn't realize Hunt- he was in such great form. Because like fucks, for the team of the up. season he, so far, everybody's got Ramsdale in it because he was such a surprise. But De Gea but being math, De Gea again is pretty huge. It's because I kind of didn't know that. I think I think that De Gea's j- just mathematically doing it, but he's also had a few of those saves that you're like he's the only one in the world that even thinks to try and make that. Like it's a very eccentric save, yeah. but like otherwise unsavable. And so he is. If without De Gea, we're probably 11th or 12th or 13th or something this year so far. Wow. Uh, so wow. Dean Henderson, you'd assume, thought he was going to be first choice, had kind of won it by the end of the year, got COVID, De Gea steps mm. back in, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Donnie do you guys Van do the Bay- cup goalie thing? Like, do you do the thing where like mm. you, you'll have like all the Premier League games for the top one, and then we, have, we do that? We have, but, but Rangnick isn't this year like Mm. that's not been his thing also because like we don't know what's happening in training we don't know if dean is pouting uh but he just he just signed a new contract last year so it's kind of like you if you didn't want to sign it you shouldn't have signed it um and and you should and you should fight to earn your place back donny van de beek is probably bitching because he's his agent's been bitching since ole was manager and he's still bitching but it seems like he rarely ever does anything and when he does do something he starts the next match and he's crap so like i'm i think donnie is maybe a, a little bit below the cut of the premier league he just seems like a really up and down player to me and i say that because every time i watch him i'm like his good luck charm every time i watch him play he's incredible but then when i talk to actual united fans they're like yeah fucking fuck he that doesn't guy, you know he doesn't influence like a whole 90 minutes of a match and like mm. as a central midfielder at this club you have to be more capable of doing that and i don't yeah other than like him having more attacking instincts i don't really see what he does that's exceptional hmm. he's like a he's like a c plus at a bunch of things like a b minus c plus I think that position is just, I think midfield is the hardest position to judge, especially as a sort of, I don't know, like I never played soccer, at a, I never even played soccer at a low level, much less a high level, but like, I think you at least played it at a low level, but Thank to you. a certain degree, I think midfield is just, there's a lot of like, and this hurts me to say, but like, there are certain guys 
that just look really good in midfield, you know, because they're very assertive with the ball or they're very, you know, they do, they have this body language that's great. But then like, even like a guy like Jack Wilshire, where it's like every time he got the ball at like our 18 yard box, he would dribble to midfield. But there's that's a little part of me irresponsible. Like, but yeah, there's another part of me. that's like, first of all, your ankles are made of chocolate. <laughs> Second of all, like, uh, you know, what's faster than dribbling to midfield is passing to midfield. You know what I mean? And so like a lot of the best and less risky, you know what I mean? Like there are certain midfielders that are, they're very good at, you know, like, I don't know on their day, they're like El Nenny or somebody like that. It's just like a very tidy midfielder of like, up, oh, and you get the ball up there. And now we, you know, sit back here and play defense. And Jeff, I think you need like a collection of skills across your two central midfielders. And that's what's, yeah. that's what you cocktail. You have yes. to have the right so mix of things. If you've got a skulls who, when he goes to put in a tackle, it's like, have you watched football before? Do you like, cause it looks from your tackling, it looks like you haven't, <laughs> but then he could hit a school bus from like a different school district with a long pass. Yeah. Um, and then you need a Roy Keane next to him. Who's going to make up for all of the things that he's weak at. So if you've got like Chelsea, yeah. for example, you've got Conte in a midfield, he's intercepting everything. He does everything. He's little tackling. Yeah. He can dribble. Can't really shoot. Uh, not really a dynamic passer, but then you got Jorginho you can, next to you him. You basically who's just... get to play two number 10s if you have a Conte. Yeah, yes, because Jorginho is basically just like a passing violinist, and that's all he does. And so you've got amazing passing range. Get the ball to Jorginho. He will generate chances. Right. Um, but Conte is making it so he can focus on that. In our midfield, we have two guys who just kind of like run around a lot and just like do stuff but none of them <laughs> has an excellent anything you're having you're having the old tequila and tonic of cocktails or oh that sounds disgusting just a <laughs> just a gin and coke i don't know how, i don't know how we got here because now i'm just bitching about a midfield it was old james garner performing so well against you yeah. guys i'm like well, can, I, I, can i ask you this can i ask you a follow-up to our weird midfield cocktail thing yeah are there any like midfield cocktails that worked like obviously are not legendary they're not like you know the ones that you mentioned a minute ago but like for instance i'm just wondering if there's a uh, man united analog to this but francis cacalan mm-hmm. notably the best midfield player to ever play in the premier league no uh he's just like some <laughs> guy right that's um, nicknamed midfielder yeah for sure. So Francis Cacalan and Santi Cazorla, who's Cazorla is like legitimately like a incredible, incredible player, but he went from being a number 10 to now he had to slip back to being a number eight. And then I guess this is that what's is that the five or the six that you call like defensive midfield six, six, and right? Then I yeah, think yeah. eight is like box to box, eight is right? box to box. And then 10 is the, you know, sort of useless Ozil James, whatever you want to call him. Um, but they don't have to be useless it it is a position that is dying like it's just like oh maybe we shouldn't just have a guy who has literally no responsibility hanging out in the middle of the pitch unless unless that's someone who like has like creative brilliance and then that's like but even when you have ozil it's like you're like well we're losing by four and we got ozil so maybe we should send him to turkey um but the point that i'm making is that like kazorla never really found the right midfield partner as an eight. He was a great number 10 before Ozil came along. 
And then he got injured a bunch, but blah, blah, blah. But like we've played like Cazorla and Ramsey and Ramsey and Wilshire and Wilshire and Cazorla and all these people that are like all of them are like theoretically great midfielders, central midfielders on their day. But they're just not. They never quite work together. Whereas weirdly, Cazorla and Francis Coquelin, because Francis Coquelin is like, I will like do the Matthew Flamini tackle with my head like you know what I mean? Just like, I will run through a brick wall for you. And then Cazorla was like, I will be super Spanish and I will like make every pass. You know what I mean? He was just, he was an incredible, incredible passer and dribbler. And just like, he made the game look so beautiful and they worked together so well. And we went on like a 10 game winning streak. We beat Man City at Man City. And then, I don't know, they all got injured and then they all got sold. You know, it never worked again. But is there, that was a very, very long way around to asking you like, are there any like weird midfield combos where like for two months you thought you had it, like you had invented the you know the Negroni of midfield cocktails, but I, I mean, don't remember them. I guess just when Pogba first showed up, because Pogba the, and anyone, <laughs> the, well, yeah, the amount of promise that he had. I, I'm trying to even remember who was Pogba. You're talking Pogba first been... time around before Juventus. No, 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 because he didn't play when he was a teenager. Okay. I, was he say, I don't really remember he, that either. But okay, he played like on. one match and Ferguson shipped him out. Um, no, I'm talking about like when Pogba is bought for 100 million or 80 million or whatever it was and stuck it to the midfield. I can't remember if it was still the dying embers of Carrick playing or if it was uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger or Morgan mm-hmm. Schneiderlin or whoever it was. But like, I thought Pogba could do it all because he can do it all. He just never does. He never wants to or never really puts that kind of pressure on himself to do everything that he's capable of doing. Like he could be like a Toure yeah. type of player. So like him with anybody, you've got that, you put that at his, coverage. You put that at his feet or do you think that he's just been like utilized the wrong way over the years? I think uh, I think there are a lot of things that are 100% Paul Pogba. Like... How about the fact that you're, if you're in central midfield, when we were talking earlier, I think I mentioned that like trying to dribble from your own 18 out is like irresponsible because as, as central midfielder, you're like the NFL quarterback. Like it's your job to take care of the ball and like Pogba will be too busy dicking around and someone will come up right behind him. It's like having a scrambling quarterback. You have a Cam Newton instead of Tam Brady, Tom Brady, Tam Brady. Yeah. he, He, it's like, just more thoughtful in, in getting rid of it quickly and not like dilly dallying or like having tons of, you can't afford to have tons of like brain farts. You've got to be focused. And that's like a, there's like a maturity to that, um, that he has, has kind of lacked, but there was a minute where I thought he'd be a part of it. I'm sorry, man. This feels like a long ass, like essay about United's midfield versus like our catch up. Continue the joke. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, no I just, I'm feeling self-conscious that this is getting to be, like, boring. Nah, you're just high. <laughs> I don't want Rachel to know. <laughs> <laughs> you should have not brought it up earlier then. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned it five times. Yeah. Um, have, have there, let's see, I'm kind of remembering your matches out of order. Other than uh, Forrest, have, have there been any good wins in the last few weeks? Because we've been out for like a month so, of change. So here is the funny thing is, so we played Man United, then mm-hmm. we played Everton. We did podcast about that. That, that was, I think, our last podcast. 
And like it was it was weird because both of those games Arsenal sort of looked okay in, even though we lost. Like it was like toe to toe, but we, you know, gave up late goals. And then after that we went on this great winning streak. And every Arsenal fan was convinced that this was the, you know, Invincibles just like completely reconstituted. And I was like not that convinced. And then we had the uh I think it was New Year's Eve or was it New Year's Day game against Man City. And I remember thinking we're going to get beat by five because it was like the teams that we had beaten up until then. It was like Newcastle and Norwich. And I don't know. I don't even remember, but it was like, it was teams we were really supposed to beat and we, mm-hmm. we beat them. And you do that and four times in a Norwich, row, right? You thumped. Yeah, we them. did. We did. We had a few thumpings in there. Like I want to say Burnley was a thumping or Brighton or something like that. Anyway, like, you know, we had, we had some thumpings and everybody thought, Oh, like we are the best team in the history of football again. And it's like, I think that we're going to get embarrassed. You know, I think we're going to have this weird come down to earth. And then it was like weirdly both of that where we did lose to Man City, but not in the way that I thought we were going to lose. And then it was like, okay, maybe we're actually a pretty good team. And then we sent all of our midfield away to play in a shambolic cup competition in Africa. And then we lost to Norway, uh, uh, Nottingham Forest. You know what? Do you know why they don't do it in the in the summer, like during the Euros, right? Which would make hot. a lot of sense. Yeah. So, like thinking about that, it is hard. But there's got to be a solution, right? Like, is it's all of bullshit. Africa hot? Just have of course it in, not. Of course have it in not. The most southern tip of Africa. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like like South Africa is a very temperate climate. Like all of you know, there are many countries down in that part of it. Like they could easily do it down there, or even like. I don't know. Like you can, there's a lot of people that like, we're going to play a world cup in Qatar. Granted, they did move that, but like, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that play in hot climates, like play in a dome if you want to, or I don't know, pick your, pick your battles. But it seems odd that the only solution they've been able to work out is screwing up the actual season. It just, I don't know. It's very strange. And they're, but they're also willing to do it for the Qatar world cup. Yeah, as we've talked about, like that. That I, mean, I guess they do the it for hockey. That that's like the closest. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, imagine if like that World Baseball Classic, if they tried to do it in July, everybody like get the hell out of here. Do you do you think that lost in all of this is the conversation about having a just just a winter break for the players, just like England two, two two weeks where they don't play. And th- it seems like a lot of other countries do have it. Like Germany does is, it. There's, I don't know if it's a full two week or I don't know exactly what it is, but I think like most European leagues have a a much easier schedule over the holidays than England does. I now, think I think it should be this. I think we should actually keep the holiday schedule as it is mm-hmm. in England because I love watching games on Boxing Day, and I, you know, what I mean, like it, it's so great to have them on. When you have time off, to watch yeah. them. Exactly. And like, so give like them even January 1st exactly. to January 15th off. Let them they, do a dry jan of football. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to, we don't have to ruin the traditions of the league, but we can also do the math and say, how many hamstrings are going to get pulled that don't need to be pulled if we play? I mean, you guys had what, nine games in December? Is that right? We had eight, I think. It's insane. That's Each not one of those games felt like 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So you guys played 90 games. That's a lot. Do you ever, Jeff, has it ever gotten to the point where you were, 
like a game is happening and you're almost like annoyed because you're like, this is just going to depress me. And it's, and it's like, I don't want this right now. Like, I don't want United to hurt me or Arsenal yeah. to hurt you. Well, I mean, right now, Arsenal is playing Liverpool, recording it during that game because I can't watch it. We're in this. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, no, no, no. But I don't have a way to watch it. And I can't okay. go out to the bars here because they're closing early because of COVID reasons. So it's like, I just can't see it. What about a VPN? You can't even use a VPN? <sighs> I guess I could, but the internet's a little bit slow. I don't know. Like, I usually the cup games, I'll end up finding a good bit of it, like some person on Twitter streaming it or whatever, but. Like I, it's one of those things where like I would like to pay for it, but it just doesn't exist here. Um, but yeah, we got Liverpool right now, and we got Tottenham this weekend. I think both of those, it's like these are just two games we did not need to play right now. When we have, you know what I mean? Like we had some order and some grace, and now we have nothing. And I think we're gonna we're gonna lose in the semifinal. We're gonna lose our chance to get silverware, and then we're gonna go lose to Tottenham, and it's gonna be painful. You think you're gonna lose to Tottenham? I think so. I think right now we just we literally don't have a midfield because of AFCON. I think I mean maybe my well, my optimistic not, hope on like the next couple of weeks is that we're gonna have like a you look at some of the younger players like a Sambi Lakonga. I think hope you know Charlie Patino is a guy that's like stepping into the team a little bit. Like maybe they will get a chance to spread their wings, but I think like basically we're going to have to witness some growing pains in the middle of a season where if we didn't have those growing pains, then maybe we'd be able to get that fourth place spot. But I think it's going to be tough after this month. Dude, our teams have been having like a decade of growing pains, (laughs) like more than a human (sighs) growing pains. Yeah. (laughs) And there hasn't been much growth during that time. So I guess it was just pain. Yeah. Just like soccer cancer is what we've been <laughs> yeah. experiencing. What doesn't kill you make you stronger. Well, I don't know. Some things or what does you know what hurts you makes you or yeah, pain is weakness leaving the body. Tried. All of those things seem like they hurted. don't know about cancer. Okay. You are hurted. Yeah. If you are hurted you, pain, you will not necessarily be better. I have pain every day and I, I work every If you day. have pain, you might just have pain every day. That That's was what the happens. best soundboard timing I think I've ever done. You start talking about pain and boom, Mourinho. That was the only good soundboard timing you've ever done. <laughs> no. no, well, well done, well done. There's, re- there's really no good time to launch into I believe that we will win on this podcast. It just really doesn't feel like it has an organic place. I was going to say, like, if there's any antidote to the notion that all American soccer fans are just, like, weirdly positive jerks, like, well, guess what? Some of <laughs> them are weirdly negative jerks. So... Any time we can ruin someone's confirmation bias, we have done a good deed. Yes, we have. If we can just be more ironic and crappy than a normal American, then we will show that there are Americans of all t- kinds. Yeah, we need to show that we need to show that we know we know our place by being condescending <laughs> to the teams that we like. Yeah, and yeah, we need to apologize for anything that makes us unique or different from the That's standard true. soccer That's fan. True. The fact that I even just said soccer fan, somebody somewhere rolled their eyes at me. For sure. I I like that we've embraced the term soccer just because like it's that's that's what it's called. Like the majority of people who speak this language think it's called that. So, you know, everybody will catch up eventually. We could call it the Calcio show. <laughs> <laughs> the Calcio show. Calcio show. 
Oh, is calcio how you say Italian, soccer in Chinese? Like, or something? It's like calcio. Oh, but like, I thought you were speaking uh, Chinese. Oh, it's Italian. Okay. I, I think it's like C A L C I O would be cal- calcio. Is it? So it's calcio Piedmont is the Piedmonte is the like uh, fake they're Juventus. The kids, that team. They're uh, mm. the. Come on. You just said pedo. You said pedo in the name. And <laughs> I didn't that's even why you were bringing it up. All right, now I get it. Now I get it. I didn't just. You know what I I'm just, talking about, though? Like the, the, the yeah, fake Juventus. Juventus, Juventus is like uh, eFootball slash, like, we're not paying FIFA FIFA money anymore name. You know what it really is? It's a, it's the pro evolution soccer creeping in. They're stealing all the Italian Yeah, that's one eFootball. By one. Yeah. By the way, eFootball is free, and people still don't want to pay it or play it at all. It's, it's free. It's that oh, bad. I try that. But it's that bad. It's really. I, I I played Pro Evolution Soccer when I was living in Vietnam, and I was used to. I was like okay at FIFA at the time, and I thought, oh, how different could it be? And like, I just got worked by some Vietnamese eleven-year-olds. I'm. I can't have this conversation with you without getting mad that someone who has had like a personal driver <laughs> at <laughs> points in his life for 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 good reason. We'll not shell out fifty nine ninety nine to just get the goddamn game so we can play against each other. I have the game now, but then I have to get a new system to play against. All you. right, I and, guess that is part of it. And I'd have to. I I last time I played online, you was were when a they man. Didn't charge you to play online. Like you remember the last time we played online, and I was like, oh. It's saying here that I need like a PlayStation Plus. What is that? And you're like, Jeff, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you not you, know what it takes to live in this day and age? You're just sitting on your graphing calculator, hoping that it's going to still be considered a console in a minute, yeah. and it won't. Well, I'm trying to play you online, and I don't see on my TI-83 Plus. So, play, What, are you playing me in Mafia Wars? Or what, what else? <laughs> yeah, what man, was- I was, I was going to sell you some lewds. We had bowling. Bowling was a game that was programmed by a guy at my high school, and I'm only sure of that because it actually didn't do the score of bowling correctly. Like if you know how to keep bowling scores, you're like, that's not correct. I'm pretty sure I have a 37 right now. That would be such an interesting documentary is to meet the people who in the 90s and early 2000s spent their time programming like off aftermarket like graphing calculator games. Like what what were you after making a game that you like can't, make money for it's like a free game but that you've got to make it work on this piece of shit on this etch a sketch i it's such a great question like why did i I tell you about like a i had like a game about me that went viral in my high school what are wait a minute are you donkey kong (laughs) yeah jeff donkey kong vit kid no uh (laughs) it was it was weirder than that vit kong there was Like a rumor went around about me and a girl in school and about like the possible smooching and more things that we could have done. And then someone, it wasn't even a game really, although it was passed around as a game, but it was like basically you just pressed a button and then an animation would play a pornographic animation of me and this girl. And, um, but it was like, it was a really fucked up situation for me because it was like the way that it was done was sort of just flattering to me, even though mostly so you have a untrue. Giant, giant penis. Right. Whereas like for the girl, it was like everything about it was just right. like insulting and terrible. So, and then it was like done by a bunch of guys who like were like younger than me and wanted to be my friends and thought that was like the path to our friendship. And I was like, no, like that kind of information, but I'm also that, flattered, but also I hate you. 
that kind of information getting out there is pretty much always exclusively weaponized against the the the, the female participating. Yeah, because it means you're a slut. It doesn't mean that you're like a liberated sexual adult, which is I would hope what we all think about anyone who right. does whatever they want with their with their bodies at this point. But like when you're a kid, it's anything that you, that is either different or that can be used to beat you with. Someone will beat you with. For sure. The, the spelling Especially, of my name. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like, I've never actually played this video game because like Skylar said, I exist in a time warp of video games. But like, did you ever play the South Park one where the slider at the beginning of the game when you decide how difficult it is, is your skin just color? pick your skin tone? Yeah, and that's... And then it's like, I think it's... Stick of Truth or... It's either so Stick I, of Truth or, so. or it's the, the crack, the one about your ass crack. I think there's like a similar analog to that where like you could play on easier hard mode when you choose like whether you want to be a boy or a girl. Like certainly yeah. in the America that we grew up in, like being playing as a white male, it was like I was definitely dominating rookie mode. You know what I mean? Like it's a little easier for me than for certain other people. Well, I'm real bummed out now thinking about the girl that you did. You smooch with her. I mean, I know that that's kind of effectively repeating the crime by saying it on a podcast. But can you? Well, look but at now me? I guess we're like adults and Just we can. At me. Yeah, yeah. Just like blink twice if you smooched with her, and never oh, blink again if you did. I totally smooched with her. <laughs> no, Jeff. <laughs> smooched my ass off. I just gave you a well. A that's a that's a real thing that people die from. Kissing so hard that their asses explode. That was the sound of it happening to our producer, Dan, who you've never met before. We don't talk Uh, about him much. He doesn't have a great personality. He doesn't even He's not that good at producing either, really. (laughs) You've heard the sound quality on our podcast. I don't know why we invite him. You've seen the album art thumbnail. You know that we are worthless (laughs) and garbage because it's something that I made in uh, Microsoft Paint. Mm. Mm Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, Jeff. So any day now, if we want to upgrade that, I, I know that uh, there's a lot holding you back from getting a PlayStation 5. It's the, oh, I got to do this. I got to pay to play. I got to get a new FIFA. But this you have no excuse for. True. I mean, I just think I'm already on I'm already on the sequel. I'm already on PlayStation 2. You know, how modern <laughs> can someone be? So you're thinking, let's just make a new thumbnail for the next podcast. Uh, <laughs> goodbye to yeah. the soccer's. <laughs> like once I get really into like uh, field hockey or high lie or one of these other sports that seems to be popular in the world. Quidditch. Quidditch podcast. How probably we- have more followers. If we had a Quidditch podcast. I guarantee you would be like one of the top Quidditch podcasts. But how do you even like really consider Quidditch competitive? Because it's like. In its realist form, it's, it's imagination-based. Like, it's not like you can get so jacked that you're the best Quidditch player ever. It's nonsense, right? It's like agreeing to participate in nonsense. In it the does, real, the, yeah. the rec league's version of it. The only person I know who does Quidditch, I know them through improv, and it's like, okay, so you're just into making stuff up. That's fine. It's like Civil War reenactment. I don't, I, like, I feel like it's, it's fine if you want to do it, but I just they're don't the see improv what... guys of Southern Nazis, is Civil it's, War reenactors. It's the Church of Satan. How it's like it is a parody <laughs> religion. It's not meant to be an actual religion. It's not people worshiping Satan. It's like yeah, it's parody for parody's sake. And that's Quidditch to me. Feels like well, we'll show these lacrosse bros what we think about their sport. We're taking this seriously, and you're there's nobody watching it. <laughs> Can you like? 
I don't know. Have you played a Quidditch? Like, can you? I assumed it was a game that you could play seriously if you wanted to. It's like dodgeball meets like Monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought it was going to have like a lot more broom, like a broom ball component to it. But how about so here's the thing. You can't fly on a broom instantly kind of defeats the purpose. The fact that you do they do do they run around with brooms in the they hold the but the broom is a pointless icon in that moment. It's not functionally adding anything. It's actually subtracting like quite a bit. If you were on horseback, more interesting. Because then you're then you have to like work with the horse. This is just polo. I've got a I've got a pantomime phallus that I'm running around (laughs) tripping over. Like that's. That's, that's I mean, how I'm, much of that is like the talent of Quidditch is like being able to run with a broom in your legs. But it's so arbitrary other than it was in this movie featuring witches. So yeah. it's like, that's why broom. Like like considering it as a sport in a world where there are no practical yeah. functional Like imagine witches. if someone tried to turn the crow into a sport. You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, I- it was my favorite movie until I became proud enough as an adult to stop until saying it was my favorite other movie. Movies. <laughs> no, until I heard enough podcasts that like made fun of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that that uh, effects shot where he shot a hole in his hand and moved his fingers around was really bad special effects. I guess I recognize that as an adult now. Um, but wait, don't let me finish. I'm making a great point on Quidditch, which is that okay. like. It makes sense in the world of Harry Potter, and it does not make sense as a sport in the world that we occupy. Reality, I would call it. I don't live in reality. Do you? Do you live in reality? I mean, I'm a Manchester United fan in 2022, so like, I live in reality as much as I won't make me kill myself. Yeah, yeah. As <laughs> much as you can avoid it. But 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 you get what I mean? Like the broom thing is a reference to a film. It's not a practical part of a sport that was assembled by people thinking about sport. It's like that. Uh, there's that Finnish uh, hobby horse thing, you know that, where like they do like dressage competitions, but it's like it's the little like broomstick with the fake horse head and not a horse. Yeah, I find that to be just as fucking stupid, and I don't care who is offended by that. That's it's I fucking think, stupid. I would say, and I mean, I I think they're in the same neighborhood of stupid. I think that the hobby horse one is less stupid than Quidditch because at least the hobby horse one is meant to give eight year old girls joy. So there's a little part of me where I was like, well, of course they can suspend disbelief. Like if if Quidditch was just a sport that six-year-olds played, then on some level I'd be like, yeah, that's like a fun day in gym class. But it's meant to be taken more seriously, isn't it? I, but, I, but I would argue, Jeff, that even that, while less of a sport, like you're not going to pay money to see professional dressage even at the highest level. Right or sorry, professional hobby horsing, whatever the word yeah. is. Well, any kind of dressage for me. But go and I and I argue you also wouldn't do that for Quidditch as much as you you're fine with it being a part of the movies of the Harry Potter world movies. Yeah, you're not doing that. I also think that there's a line in the sand between sport and game, and I would I would concede that Quidditch can be a game, but it's not a sport mm. because because right off the bat it's in, it's just impractically conceived. Like you look at basketball, I don't enjoy basketball, but it makes fucking sense to me as why yeah. this is a test of anything, why witnessing this at the highest level is impressive. Sure. Whereas I like it like it'd be like doing a jaws sport because you love the movie jaws so much and that you want to do yeah. a sport that involves 
I don't know, dragging some buoys around. Like, I wouldn't give a fuck and wouldn't count it as a sport. It is funny to think, like, like if Nike got into the Quidditch game, would they just design something that isn't a broomstick? They're like, just hold this pencil. And then, like, it's better than the normal broomstick because it's not a broomstick. I'm going to see if if that's the case. If Nike is already making it. Um, there must be like if they so haven't done is, it, somebody's done it as a parody of like. Nike I know there, there's an official. Here, I'm sending you a link. Oh uh, God! I'm texting you this link. It's uh, the official apparel company of Major League Quidditch. Umbro. No, you've never heard of this company. <laughs> and they're they're hedging. Their, they're they're trying to be the official anything of anything. This is clearly yeah. like a startup. The um the the Major League Quidditch logo though, dude, is. So funny because this is my point. It's trying so hard to be a sport. Yeah, Look yeah, at this yeah. on your phone. Like the logo, it's just like the NBA logo. It's the same color schema. It's the same silhouette yeah, yeah, yeah. that was stolen from like the nounproject.com. It's <laughs> it's it they they they're they think that they're a sport the way that like major league gaming thinks that they're a sport. And yeah. I'd art or I'd argue that if you have the word game in your name, you're a game. <laughs> that's that's going to be my litmus test. If it says game, it's a game. Uh, but I think sports have to have like a level of practicality and a level of like top physical exertion. And like, I, dude, I think that this is this is going to be a hot take. I think that driving sports are competitions, not sports. I call them driving yeah. sports out of sort of preemptive respect to not get beaten down by our huge NASCAR listening contingent, but like massive. I don't, I don't care that it's like hard to turn the steering wheel. Like I don't, I, yeah. Otherwise I, I think get I'm that great. it takes a lot of skill and I do respect their abilities, but man, am I uninterested in watching any driving sport? I think sport should require running. I think that should be like the, the argument, oh, like even in tennis, coming you in have hot to against murder ball, those paraplegics going toe to toe playing. No, you're right. That's that that is a very great uh, pushback. Then, but then I would say that they do their running with their arms. I'm not, I, I would say it's still quite. It it's still counts. certainly the same kind of exertion. For sure, it's a full. It's full like your roller full body derby. Exertion. Same thing. They're definitely yeah. Although roller derby, roller derby is also like roller derbies to me. It's like the opposite of Quidditch where there's an element of it that is totally a joke, but then it actually could, you know what I mean? Like there's a point where it's a real sport because why not? You know, but it's at least it's hard and not a reference to a movie. Well, it's like a reference to a movie and a show and all that, right? No, but roller derby was just a thing that they started doing in what? Like the 50s, 60s? Like it's just, it's it's weird. It's a little on the periphery, but it's not like something that was invented in a book and a movie yeah. that then was turned into like some parody lampoon league. True. Like anything that has me saying, "Oh, I respect lacrosse more." <laughs> that's, that's that's enough. <laughs> Do you think that Dan Brown ever wishes that he had invented a sport and put it in the Da Vinci Code and been like? <laughs> Like if like any bestseller gets to have a, you think Stephen King was like it's like the professional like twenty chapters of The Shining that was just like blood offs or something. It's the professional cartography league that Dan Brown invented, or cryptography. 
I guess in a way it could be like Jeopardy. Like his books are very much like, oh, I was I was awake for that day of history. But it's funny because but the fact that some things aren't a sport, it doesn't mean that they suck or have no value. It's just like a, words have to mean something. Exactly. No, because <laughs> I hate when people are like, you know, dance is a sport. And it's like, no, it, I get it, what you're trying to say is that dance deserves respect. And I agree with that part. But it's not a sport in the sense, you know what I mean? Like not everything that's physically difficult is a sport. Correct. And and it's and, and part of it is I is sport just will people watch this as a spectator? Because oh, I like, don't know. so this feels like it's there's a multi because like people will do that for major league gaming. They'll watch that as a spectator, but then they're missing the physical component. So it feels like there's a couple of like Venn diagram circles that like sports is in the middle of the of the three for like will it will it sustain an audience or an audience's interest? Is it physically exerting? And is there a top level maybe where where you can do it professionally? Maybe it's like those three things. I don't agree with the audience, but that's only because I play lacrosse. But, but lacrosse has an audience. As someone who went much, to an all much. boys, but but I've been at a high at high school lacrosse where there's a thousand people there watching lacrosse matches. So I'd argue it's less for sure because it's a niche sport. But sure. I would argue I've seen enough people, anecdotal people evidence like yeah, yeah it is a sport it is full body there is a professional league it can sustain an audience even if it's a free audience like sustaining an audience is like got to be part of it okay, so i'll give you the last word that lacrosse is an awesome sport let me I mean, i up. said that it is a sport and that is like it like basically implied lives that it's in, awesome. it lives over the finish line collapses and dies is kind of how that just went because it was running so hard in such an entertaining way before that no, because that is me completely depleting my respect for lacrosse and I am now out of it. Yeah. Even you have just pushed yourself to the max because of lacrosse. What a sport. What an inspiration. It's kind of funny. Lacrosse is like rarely even referenced. Like thinking about how Quidditch is like a movie reference <laughs> and a book a book movie reference. It's like other than Regina George and Mean Girls, I can't think of a single lacrosse reference in a movie or show. You know, I only know this because lacrosse fans obsess over this, but like every now and then it's brought in and I feel like it's weirdly a good way to make your movie better. Like if you're if your movie takes place like somewhere on the East Coast and you make like the jock guy a lacrosse player instead of a football player, it already feels more real to me because football player, it just sounds like you're making a movie, not like anything close to real life. But like American Pie in the first one of that, the like the main jock guy is a lacrosse player and i feel like it adds something to the character well it takes so it takes away the like football like dirt blue collar kind of Tim vibe. and hold, it, that, it, hold it, on to that it, football boy it adds a little bit more elitism to it with, i don't want your life that it takes that away and i your i don't life. want <laughs> i don't want your life <laughs> And speaking of uh, you not wanting my life, uh, probably going to wrap up the podcast because I got to go back to the to your my life. Day job, my, my salary. Uh, so I believe Which I will leave us with our expected song. Where's Where's Mourinho talking about? It hurted. Be proud. Play with pride. If you are hurted, okay, you are hurted. If you have pain. I have pain every day, and I, I work every day. I bet he does have pain every day. I bet that guy has a lot of pain every day. Some days I bet you it's so tough for him to get out of bed. 
who will fire me tomorrow? I can't do a Mourinho. We've established that. <laughs> As a good boy out there. He gets out of bed and he's just like, show there me are your my papers. papers. Show there me are papers, my own please. papers. This is depression. This is what it does to you. All right. This has been a blast, Jeff. I will see you in three months for our next episode. Yeah. Arsenal will be good and bad and then good again by the time we talk. So best of luck. Best of luck on watching your taped match. Thank you. Best of luck with everything going on. Don't know how to, Ryan. Hey